Well, I am in week three of my series called Keep Moving. Uh, this is a journey that we're going to go through John, and I'm going to take some things that Jesus said in the book of John. They're all powerful. Everything that Jesus said is powerful, but there are some specific things that he said that I really believe that if we can just take to heart, that we can go ahead and keep moving through the things that the enemy likes to present to us, but also the world. Amen. We need to learn how to keep moving in our journey with Jesus as we follow him. And this really kind of falls on the heels of the series I did last, well, not last month, but in January, a series about how there's victory in the stretch. And if we remember what I said is that we want to leave what lies behind, as Paul says, and strain forward to what lies ahead. And what I said during that series was we have to stretch our faith, right? That's the victory is stretching our faith, which basically means that we need to do something different. And my goal ultimately as a believer as I'm following Jesus is as I go from year to year, yes, the Bible says that I'm supposed to get brighter and brighter as I get closer to being with Jesus in heaven, amen, right? But my marked advancement is that I'm not the same person I was the year before. And so this year, I really feel like God wants us to stretch out ahead to what lies ahead. And we need to stretch our faith. And whenever we decide to do that when following Jesus, then here comes the enemy. The devil wants to bring us down, right? And so I really feel like that the word that God has given me personally is the same word that I want to give to you as well. And that is to keep moving. That's the phrase that keeps coming back to me. And every time that I go through a difficulty, every time that I try to extend myself for God and something comes at me, what I keep hearing God saying is keep moving. And that's a very important thing. So what does that mean to keep moving? Well, as we're going through John, there are certain things that Jesus said that I believe can help us to keep moving. And the very first thing I said about uh, the Keep Moving series was I said, follow me. That's what Jesus said is to follow me. Amen. That's where our journey begins, is that as we begin our journey with Jesus, we are to follow him. And following him means that no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to continue to follow him. In the very second week, I talked about how Jesus said, you must be born again. Probably the most important phrase in all the Bible. We must be born again. And that means if we're not a believer, we need to receive Jesus and be born again. Amen. That's exactly what needs to happen for those of us that are unbelievers. But those of us that are believers, we need to actually be witnesses to the world around us and be born again. Act like you're born again. Amen. And it's not easy to do that when, as Paul says, sin continues to cling so closely to me. As, as Paul says, that I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I do want to do. It's a struggle, and I said that the struggle is real, but Jesus says, nix that, nix what the devil is trying to say, get in the corner and shut up and don't come out of that corner, be born again. And so we have to be. And I praise God for Kirby Anderson, who was here last week, and talked about our responsibility to actually be the church as Jesus commanded us to be, and that is to go out and tell people about him, right? That is to extend ourselves to people that are around us and say, listen, not only must you be born again, but you've got to follow Jesus, and I want you to come to church with me. That's part of our responsibility, too. And I know we have talked a lot about that here in our church because that's such an important thing, not just to come and meet here, but also to be Jesus outside these four walls. And this week, this week what I want to talk about is what Jesus said to his disciples, a phrase that I think we could all take from right now and use because I know there's a lot of people going through a lot of things right now. He said, 
do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So with that, I want you guys to turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. Can I just say something? I got to get back into this. (laughs) I'm still on, I think, Scotland time. And I'm really excited about this message because I talked to some people this morning. There are at least three people I talked to this morning that I know are going through some storms right now. So I know this is telling. And months ago when Pastor Josh planned the worship service, the very end of song that we're going to sing at the end here is called New Wine. It's all about the pressing. It's all about the stuff that we go through that, that is designed to help us to get through things in life and to grow stronger in our faith. So I know there's some of you in here that are going through some storms. And I really know that this message is going to be for you today. So in James chapter 1, James wrote this. And this is almost one of these verses that you want to look at and just be like, really? I, I, I can't. I really can't hear that. I don't want to hear that. Thanks for playing. Uh, I'm just going to close my Bible and, and move on. James wrote this. In James chapter 1, verse 2, he said, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Before I explain what steadfastness is, let's just go back to the whole idea that I need to count it all joy when stuff comes my way. How many of us can say amen to that? Yeah, okay. Wow. Man, you guys are better than me because I tell you, that's not what I'm thinking when trials and storms come my way is to count it all joy. But see, James is saying, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do, brothers and sisters, by the way. That's what we're supposed to do is be joyful when this stuff comes our way because you know what? There's something on the other end of that storm, right? There's something on the other side of that storm. And I want to get to the other side. I don't want to let a storm get in my way. And I want to learn to be steadfast. So I started thinking about that word steadfast. I am a tremendous ship buff. Okay, I love ships. I just do. When I growing up, I used to read a lot about the Titanic, which that's probably not a good example of steadfastness. But I really... <laughs> enjoy ships and naval history, and I especially love our United States Navy. And so um, one of the things that as a kid, when I grew up, I I remember seeing the movie Top Gun, and so my interest in aircraft carriers was born, and I'm a big fan of aircraft carriers. And recently, the Navy launched one of its most recent aircraft carriers called the USS Gerald R. Ford. It's a Ford-class carrier. It's a new class of aircraft carrier. It's the largest warship in the world. And it's absolutely amazing. If you want to Google it, go ahead and Google it. But the whole point of it, when I started thinking of what the Bible refers to as steadfastness, I started thinking about that ship. That ship went through 15 months of sea trials to make sure that it was steadfast, to make sure that it was steady as she goes And what happened in that 15 months is they were trying to work out the kinks, if you will. And what happens in a ship, and I didn't know this as I was reading about it, what happens in a ship is that as you throw it out to sea for 15 months of sea trials, usually it's a year, but they took 15 months with this one, is that it works those nuts and bolts, all those nuts and bolts have to be worked out. Because things shift, like it's kind of like your house. You build a new house, and over the years, things kind of shift and notice cracks and stuff like that. Well, it took 15 months for them to kind of work out all the kinks so they could go back and fix it. I found it interesting. Some of the hatches and some of the doors they have in those ships, 
they wouldn't shut right or they wouldn't slide right because as the thing was moving around, as the sea was tossing it around, it had to work it out to where those things needed to be adjusted. And that's why these, these big ships go through these sea trials just so they can handle, they'll know that it can handle the waves and the storms and, God forbid, if we ever go to war, can handle combat. Amen. And so they worked out all the kinks and now she's out there fully commissioned and ready to go and in active service. And what I've learned also is that the other carriers that they're building, and they're actually currently building more, these billion-dollar ships that they're building, they can learn from those mistakes and make the next ship stronger, and then the next ship stronger. So there you go. We're like a ship. We're on the sea, and we're being tossed around. We're going through storms. God is working out the kinks, and now we're learning to become steadfast. And what James says is, it says, let steadfastness have its full effect. So there's part of the reason why we're going through storms. Just when you think you got it made, here comes another one. You've got to let it have its full effect so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. See, there's going to be a point where a storm's going to come in your life and you're just going to laugh at it. You're going to be like MC Hammer. You can't touch this. Can I get an amen? And see, that's, that's fine and dandy, right? I mean, I, I like to think that I've arrived at that point where things come into my life and I look at it and say, you can't touch this. No, whatever, you know. But I'm not quite there yet. I'm sorry. I'm learning. And as you all know, the things that I preach from here, typically I'm either going through it or I'm learning it too and I, wanna, I want us to learn this together. But so... How can, it, how can I be steadfast in the midst of storms? And I've asked that question. I've been praying about that question. And I believe God has given me an answer. And I know a couple months ago, I kind of talked a little bit about this. Actually, about a year or so ago, I talked about us being in a pit. And sometimes we find ourselves in a pit. How do we get out of that pit? And yeah, obviously it's to trust Jesus. And I said, sometimes the answer is not in the why. It's just the fact that you're in it. So just trust Jesus, right? Well, I'm going to go back and say, I think sometimes it's okay to ask why and to know the why, why we go through storms, why we go through these trials. And James pretty much lays it out that we are to be tested. And that sounds kind of weird, right? Because I know sometimes we think that these things come and we ask that question, did God send this? Is this God testing me? And I don't want to get into the theology of that. Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to um, tell you something that's not true. I'll, I'll say this. If, God, if you have cancer, God didn't bring it to you. Okay? Can I just be honest? If somebody passed away in your family, God didn't do that. Some of these trials that come our way, it's, it's the understanding that God knows they're coming, and he's going to give you the strength to get through it. It's an opportunity to learn and to grow. It is. Because if, if, if I'm honest with you, I think sometimes we look at these things that come our way, and we may ask why, but we don't want to learn from it. We don't want to grow from it. Instead, we want to wallow in our misery, right? And so what I want to do is I want to encourage you. So if you would turn to John chapter 6, because we are in the book of John. John chapter 6. 
We're, we're going to see why storms come our way. And before we do that, I'm going to pray. So, Father, I just want to thank you so much for your word today. I just want to thank you for what Jesus said about not being afraid. Because I know there's a lot of us that are in here right now, and those of us that are watching online that are going through stuff, going through our own storms. So, Father, I just thank you that it, as I'm speaking today that it's going to help lift some of that weight off of us so that we can keep moving, so that we can get to the point where we get to the other side, so that we can be stronger. And Father, I just thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it be nine years from July, nine years ago, that my family and I, and I say my family because when I signed up for full-time ministry, I brought my family into that as well, that I walked into full-time ministry and it was like walking into a hurricane. And listen, I know I've kind of talked a little bit about this before and I've talked about some of my own personal struggles and I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying to wear the woe is me. Oh, he's in ministry, woe is him. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not trying to dissuade anyone who wants to go into full-time ministry and thinking about it from not going into full-time ministry. But what I'm saying is, for me and the season that this church was in when I entered, it was like entering a hurricane. It really was. And, and I had this attitude of why is this happening to me? And I think as time went on, I started to realize that, you know what? Instead of asking why is this happening to me, understand the reason. Understand the process. And I know we like to joke around and say trust the process. But there is something that God is telling us or showing us as we walk through storms that's a process to kind of work some things out of us or maybe to strengthen us, maybe to guide us and direct us to where by the time we get to the other side of that thing, we're stronger than we were when we went and entered into it. Amen? And so what I want to impart on to you is, is really two reasons why I believe we go through storms, why I believe God allows us to walk through stuff. And let me qualify that. I think God sends us, if you will, into these things called storms. Because he knows that we're going to enter them. Because God looks at our life and he can see it from the beginning to the end. He knows everything that we're going to go through. Amen? Everything. And so as we're going through storms, he knows we're going to go through that storm. So it's not necessarily that he sends us into it saying, here you go, hope you enjoy that. It's the sending is the knowing that we're going to go into that. And that he's going to be with us through it. Amen? So that's what happens here. The disciples are about to enter a storm in John chapter 6. But I want to say the very first reason why we enter it is because we need to learn humility. We need to learn humility. Before the disciples enter this storm, and I'm going to talk about the storm that was on the Sea of Galilee as they were going in a boat across the Sea of Galilee. What happened to them before they entered this storm they were able to partner with Jesus and do this massive miracle where they fed the 5,000. Can you imagine that? You've been following Jesus for a while. You get to a point where Jesus has attracted so many people. There are 5,000 men. We're not even counting women and children. And the disciples are with Jesus. They're beginning to understand who he is. And then Jesus allows them to take part in a miracle of feeding the 5,000, with not enough food to even probably feed a family. 
And as we know, the loaves and fishes, Jesus was able to multiply the loaves and fishes, and disciples, as they went out with the baskets, were taken out unlimited bread, unlimited fish to feed all those people. They were allowed to take part in that miracle. I don't know about you, but if we had a healing service here, and some of you came down and laid hands on somebody who needed healing, and they got healed immediately, there'd be a little sense of, wow, God just used me to do that? There's maybe a little bit of pride that starts to fluctuate in us. And I feel the longer that I'm in ministry, if I'm impacting you, if God is using me to impact you, one of the things that somebody told me that they warned me as I went into full-time ministry as a, as, a, as a lead pastor was, be humble. Don't ever let it go to your head, right? And it's funny because if that starts to come up, if there's a little inkling of that, then all of a sudden you find yourself in a storm. And not that God brought it to you per se, but you just find yourself there. And I think as these disciples were being used to do that miracle, all of a sudden they find themselves going into a storm. Humility is something I think we need to learn as the church. And let me, let me explain what that is. I, I think ultimately what humility is, as far as, as biblical humility, is understanding that whatever ability that God has given you, whatever gift and talent he's given you, whatever he's been able uh, allowed you to do, is ultimately all from him. It's all because of the Holy Spirit. It's all because of Jesus is, is with you. It has nothing to do with your own ability. It has nothing to do with the things that you've done. It has everything to do with the fact that God is working through you. And so I think these disciples, I think they had to understand some things, and that's part of the reason why I think they were allowed to go into this storm. This is where we pick up in John chapter 6, beginning in verse 16. John writes, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. If you read Matthew chapter 14 and Mark chapter 6, the Bible actually says that Jesus sent them, that he made them get into the boat. It's like he knew what was going to happen. He knew exactly what was going to take place. And if you know anything about the Sea of Galilee, and I think I even have talked about this before, but the Sea of Galilee sits in a basin, and there's mountain range all the way around it to where when the cold air comes into the warmer air in the bottom of that, of that basin, Bam, they get some big storms. It's almost like going into a hurricane. Very windy, big waves. Those things do happen. So as Jesus knew that they were going to go into this storm, he sends them off with his blessing. And I think on purpose, he stays away from them because he wants them to go ahead and experience this storm. In verse 18, it says here, The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. There's a picture of this that is one of my favorite pictures, actually, of Jesus walking on water. And what you can see here, and I think this is how we feel when we're going through storms, is there, there is me in that boat. I'm struggling, right? The waves are hitting me. The wind's blowing, and I'm struggling. And look, there's Jesus standing away watching. Where is he? Why isn't he coming to help me? Why is he sitting out there watching what it is that I am going through? 
And I think we have that sense sometimes that he is distant, he doesn't care, and he's watching us flounder as the water is coming into our boat and as the wind is nearly rocking us over. I think we feel that way sometimes. But what he wants to teach you is, I'm near you. I see you. He's not distant. And it's not like he doesn't want to come and help us. But I think there's a period of time where while we're waiting for him to actually come and help us, there's a period of time where we need to learn something and we need to grow. And these disciples are going to learn something here in a minute that's going to teach them something that I believe is going to carry them all the way through the expansion of the church after Jesus ascends into heaven and all the way to the point where they're martyred. Verse 19. Again, when they had rode about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But verse 20, this is where the rubber meets the road. He said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I know we know the verses. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. And that's easy to say that, right? But when you're in a hurricane, it's not so easy to say that. There is something about knowing that he's there, that he's with you, and that he's also speaking to you. The question is, do you hear it? This is what he's saying to you if you're going through something right now. Do not be afraid. And that's not easy. But there's something that happens if if you could take anything away to what I'm saying to you today is take a breath in the middle of that storm. Take a deep breath and ask, Lord, what is it that you're teaching me in this? What is it that I can learn in this? Help me because I want to get to the other side of this thing. I want to grow from this so that I can be more used by you for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of your kingdom. What is it that you're trying to help me understand? And it's not easy to do that because I can tell you sometimes my eye is focused on the storm and not on Jesus. These disciples were scared. There was fear. And Jesus addresses that and says, do not be afraid. There's some comfort in those words if you would just let those words minister to your heart as you're going through something. I find often that I start to panic in a storm to the point where my anxiety kicks in. I feel my heart rate go up. I feel, I just feel like I just want to go sleep. How many of us have ever felt that before? And if I could just center myself and know that he's with me in this storm and actually take those words, do not be afraid to heart, then I can keep moving. That I can actually start to be used by him in the midst of that storm. And honestly, I honestly believe that in the midst of the storm is when God can greatly use you. Almost better than when you come out of it sometimes. Because how much faith does it take to be able to push aside that storm Take those words, do not be afraid, and know that Jesus is with me, and then actually do something for him. I feel like sometimes I do that almost every Sunday, to be honest with you. 
There, there, there's great strength in that. And ultimately, that's the second reason why we're allowed to go through these storms is to be made stronger. Not just so that we can learn humility and understand God's grace, but also so that we can be stronger. Because that's the reason why we're here is to be a strong witness and example of Jesus to those around us. And what happens when we start to move forward is the devil starts to attack and these things come up. And if we can look at the enemy and look at the storm and say, you know what? I know what you're trying to do here, but my God is greater. I know what you're trying to do here, but I'm not going to quit. I know what you're trying to do here, but instead of wallowing in it, I'm going to learn something from it so I can be a better weapon against you. That's the reason why I'm still standing today. There is this, this thing called refuse to quit. And I think we need to be injected with that. This refusal to give up, this refusal to, to be put in a corner, as I said two weeks ago. We're going to find out here in a minute how many of you are going through a storm, and I guarantee you almost every one of you are. Verse 21. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. They were glad. Once they knew Jesus was with them, they were glad to receive him and bring him into the boat. And I think some of us need to know he's there and be glad he's there and bring him into our boats. Amen? Because here's the dirty secret. The storm is going to go. The hurricane is swirling. But the it is I, he literally is the eye of that storm. He is the eye of that storm. And I think the longer that I've walked with him, the more I understand the storms of life really never stop swirling. If it's not one thing, it's another. And I don't want to be discouraging you all because I have said before that following Jesus is hard, and it is. But the dirty secret is the storms are not going to stop swirling. And that can be discouraging if you let it. But if you know that he is the eye of the storm and your focus is on him, then it won't be. It won't be discouraging. It'll actually be encouraging. Because I almost feel like that if you're moving in the right direction, then you're going to start hitting some stuff. That if you are saved, you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to be struggling here and there. And that's okay. Because that's why we meet together as the church, is to help each other out. That's why Jesus had 12 disciples. They were able to be together to encourage each other, although we find often they didn't really encourage each other a whole lot. <laughs> but they, numbers sometimes do help. So they were glad to take him into the boat. And it's interesting here that as soon as they did, immediately they got to the other side. Immediately they got to the other side. Now I think that's, that's something that is... Uh, um, for them, it was physical. It was a physical going from one place and getting to the other side. For us as believers, I think it's a heart set. It's a mindset. The moment that I see that he is the eye of the storm and I let him into my, into my boat, per se, then all of a sudden, in my heart, I feel like I've reached the other side. Like, I'm ready. The, the sooner that I can see that he's there and the sooner that I can let him, I can let him in my, my boat, then the sooner I'm going to get to that other side is what I'm trying to say. And for him, 
And for them, they were able to get, get to the other side. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. If you want to turn there. I believe Jesus fulfilled what Isaiah said here. He said this, when you pass through the waters, what? I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. When they got to the other side, the disciples encountered another storm. (laughs) They made it to Capernaum, and those that were part of the miracle that happened of the 5,000 that were fed with the loaves and fishes, they eventually followed them to Capernaum. There's no rest for the weary. (laughs) And they get there, and Jesus has a run-in with the religious people, Pharisees, scribes, questioning him, and he told them, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats of me will never hunger, and whoever drinks of me will never thirst, because I am the living water. He told them to their face, line drawn in the sand, I am the Son of God. Here it goes. Now what they wanted to do was to kill him. That desire now came to them. They realized we need to kill him. Because he's saying he's the son of God, and he is the son of God. Amen? Amen. But then Jesus says something else. He says, whoever does not drink my blood or eat my body has no place with me. He didn't really mean that. It was basically whoever partakes of me, whoever believes in me, has place with me now. We're now in relationship. But because he said that and it was not taken at face, it was taken at face value, they all left him. And guess who was still standing there? The 12. All of a sudden, realizing they're alone. And they're about to enter a period of nothing but a storm. Persecution. Jesus going to the cross. They're teacher, but also their God. They're going to witness that. They're going to run away. They're going to see him resurrect. They're going to see him ascend and be left there until the Holy Spirit came and filled them. They're going to go through all that, and then the persecution is starting in the church. They're going to go from one storm to the next to the next, but because they went through that storm in the Sea of Galilee, and they recognize that Jesus truly is God, he's walking on water He said, I am God. They saw his miracles because he said, if you do not eat my body or drink my blood, you have no place with me. And they were left alone. They were able to stick it out because they went through that storm on the Sea of Galilee. If you're going through something right now, then my question and the question I think you should be asking is, God, what do you have for me on the other side of this? And are you ready for it? Because the moment you can switch that attitude of the woe is me and say, you know what? I'm here because of you. There's a humility. 
I can't do anything because of you. There's a humility. I'm in a position right now where there's nothing I can do in my situation. There's the humility. Only you can. And if you realize that I'm getting stronger because of this, the fact that I'm even in church this morning, I'm stronger because of this, then here we go. You're going to get to the other side. And you're going to be able to get through whatever the enemy throws at you. John chapter 6, verse 66. Everybody leaves. Everybody leaves. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. The storm is brewing in your life right now. Are you going to go away as well? Maybe not walk away from faith in Jesus, but go sit down and not come out of the corner. Are you going to go away as well? And I think what I want to instill in you is no matter how hard it gets, I want you to say, Lord, no, I'm not going to go away. Where else am I going to go? Because with you, you have the words of eternal life. You are the Holy Son of God. No matter what happens, I'm going to stick it out. And I've seen too many people walk away throughout my time in ministry because things just got hard. And it's easy to quit. I was in the military. I went through lots of training. I saw people drop out like flies because they couldn't handle it. But there's something deep down inside me that wouldn't, wouldn't stop. Maybe it's because I'm stubborn. And it's no different when you're, when you're a believer because essentially we're signing up for war and things are going to happen. But are you going to drop out? See, God has instilled in me by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I think also the way he made me is a sense of stubbornness to where I don't, I'm not going to quit no matter what. And I'm going to keep speaking the word no matter what. Even though maybe inside i got something I'm struggling with, maybe my circumstances I'm struggling through, that storm can brew all day long. But see, I'm in the eye, and that is Jesus. He and I are one. And that eye is where I'm going to stay, no matter if it's a Category 1 or a Category 5 hurricane. Because in the eye, nothing can touch you. But some of us got to get there. Everybody's head bowed, nobody looking around. If that's you this morning. If you're in a storm this morning, then I, I want to pray for you specifically. I, I just feel led that there's people in here right now that are going through stuff. And we're too busy looking at the swirling wind and the waves. And we're not focused on Jesus who says, do not be afraid. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand up. I see those hands. Thank you. Wow. 
Thank you for your honesty. See those hands. You can put them down. And I'm just going to pray over you. Father, I just thank you so much for these people that are honest, that are going through things right now. You know exactly what it is they're going through. You know exactly what it is they've been thinking. Father, I just thank you that you're going to comfort them right now. I want them, as we worship here in a minute, to know that Jesus is with them, and he's looking at them right now saying, do not be afraid. Father, give them that comfort, give them that peace, knowing that Jesus is walking with them through this storm. Help them to focus on him and not their situation. Help them to grow and learn from it so they can be better used by you in the future so that at one point they might be able to come alongside somebody that's going through the same thing and say, I've been where you are and I can help you through it. So Father, I thank you as they leave here this morning that that weight, as they've been carrying that weight for so long, that weight will come off their shoulders because they fully trust in you and not in their situation. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.